You know, you don't have to read it. Welcome to Future Forecast. This is a no-filter podcast where we debate topics that are typically glossed over by the mainstream media. These are hand-picked topics that we think deserve a deep dive. I'm your host, Hyena, and I'm with... This is Fox, and today's topic is autonomous vehicles and their impact on the world around us. Before we jump right into it, our social media links are in the description, and as always, all our sources are linked below. The points we bring up today, unfortunately, we do need to say this, and this is the way the world works. We need to say that we're not bona fide experts, and our opinions do not constitute investment advice. So take everything we say with a grain of salt. All right, let's jump into it. So we assume that our listeners are at least a little bit savvy, but just in case, Hyena, what is an autonomous vehicle in your opinion? All right, I think that autonomous vehicle is... I don't know, just a car that moves on its own, that's been operated on its own. It's being controlled by some sort of entity, uh, let's say from some sort of server uh, out there. Sort of like, uh, you know, those cars from uh, iRobot, if anybody watched that Will Smith movie. Blast from the past. <laughs> Blast from the past, 2004. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I That's what I think. Uh, I, would say, I would say that's a very uh, fair description. Yeah, probably it has some sort of artificial intelligence, which is quite a buzzword these days um oh man ai here ai, AI here there, there. machine learning here i'm telling you guys this is something that we often hear on just like our walk the walks of life exactly so i uh, like you know as autonomous it's able to basically act by itself so that would be where the, the i guess the name comes from um so you know i guess that's that's quite clear so is it inevitable that cars develop autonomy um that they'll eventually be able to drive themselves without human intervention what do you think hyena so i think right now we're getting there slowly and the reason why i see it is of course like tesla everything everything's about tesla now right Mm -hmm. uh i can't go a day without going on youtube or just reading some sort of article uh online that does not bring tesla along which is cool it has it has their merits and the thing is is that i truly believe that autonomous vehicles are going to start getting deployed pretty soon maybe in the next i don't know five years let's say 10 years yeah, definitely like if you look at the tesla um oh, i don't want to harp uh, on a single brand but yeah. uh, they are um, probably the um undebatable leader at this point in time um on in the field um but if you look at the the way the autonomous driving is progressing in their their beta um they're pretty close to solving it right now they're just dealing with edge cases at this point and 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 that's the thing it's just like you shouldn't be too worried about it yes there are some car accidents here and there but can we make the case um for the opposite can we play devil's advocate and say it is not inevitable they'll never solve it um we're close but we'll never quite get to where humans are capable of i don't think so I think that it's gonna happen uh, when and where. That's just that's just something that we're kind of guessing, right? It's just like Fox over here is thinking. I don't know what next five years. Let's say. I think it'll. I think autonomy will be solved um, better than a human, at least. Not not like one hundred percent fail safe, but better than a human uh, within the next two years. Shit. Or okay. less. Two years or less. Wow. Yeah. That's my, um, I'm very aggressive on this, mm-hmm. um, with the way that the rollout is, is going on with the Tesla self, uh, 
driving beta. Um, I would say it actually is very close to a new driver in terms of capabilities. Yeah, that's that's actually interesting for me. I'm I'm a little more conservative just because I always thought that like maybe the technology is there, but I always think that it's just going to get like blocked. It's never going to deploy itself until the next like five or ten years. So that's why I'm kind of mm. like well, that's that's actually a fair point. So yes, you 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 are probably correct that it's going to be actually um, government regulation that stifles the rollout. But I think that you know maybe on you know, tracks or certain highways or whatever, where it'll be allowed, it will surpass the capabilities of humans within, yeah, two years. And it's, it's going to be the regulation which needs to catch up. And that's, that's also the thing. You bring up a good point because I'm, I'm also guessing or I'm also talking about it in the consumer point of view. Mm-hmm. So, like, really just like, just like any, any regular Joe Schmo that's going to be that's going to be driving this so yeah i don't think that it's going to be available in two years but like you said it might be available for more transportation uh might be much more available for for those things because it's it's kind of like making me think uh as well while we're talking about this uh with with a lot of drivers kind of like leaving the force we're starting to get to this point where who's going to replace those there's, yeah, there's already a, a truck sh- a driver shortage. There's a ambulance driver shortage. Um, there's a train driver shortage. Uh, it's 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 all across the board, that, and they're having a tough time hiring. So, uh, economic I think economic forces are actually going to force the hand of certain industries well before the average consumer is comfortable with it. I think there's going to be early adopters that'll. Um, you know, uh, get the beta. Well, it'll probably be released eventually, and then people will start using it. But uh, before it achieves, let's say, mainstream popularity, uh, yeah, it'll definitely be companies deploying it. Um, in, in and and that's and that's the thing. It's it's just that due to their due to lack of a shortage with people. And think about it this way also: we're we're talking about drivers that are going almost like eighteen hours. They're working eighteen hours. Okay. <laughs> Maybe they're not doing an entire 18-hour shift, but they're doing it in like uh, in cuts. Because if I remember, I was I don't have the sources off the top of my head. This is more of a conversation I had with an Uber driver um, a couple of weeks ago. He was a uh, truck driver uh, going from Canada to Florida, and the thing was, uh, he was telling me I think the regulations just kicked in. I think it was three, four, five years ago. And, and the listeners that are checking this out, correct me if I'm wrong, I, I, can't, I can't remember the, the actual dates. We could probably check this out uh, online right now. But from, uh, from what he was saying is, I think it, it jumped in about like five years ago where uh, people can only work a mandatory of eight hours kind of thing, and then they need to take a break. Because I do remember uh, growing up, one of my dad's friends, he had driven for almost... 12 hour, 16 hour kind of shift. And that was really detrimental for, for the person that's driving. So in this case, while people are starting to leave this workforce, I think that this will become a much more helpful factor having an auto- autonomous vehicle do this stuff, do the legwork that people are now dreading. So Yeah, definitely. So like you mentioned, uh, there's strong economic forces there um, in order to get rid of that driver because... Uh, for example, uh, eight hours a day, even 16 hours a day, the autonomous vehicle can drive 24 hours a day. No problem. On weekends, there's no bathroom breaks. Uh, there's no food breaks. 
there's nothing. It is literally always working. So uh, if you can, uh, if a company can increase their productivity by, um, you know, almost th threefold by having it drive more than eight hours a day, then they're definitely going to do it. No, even if, even if the cost per truck is three hundred grand, let's say, they're going to do it. And the software, once it's developed, is not that expensive to implement. Let's say I'm I'm going to guess that it's probably like ten thousand dollars a license, and maybe they'll have some weird, um, you know, subscription-based service that they can, you can subscribe to. So it'll be a lot, lot, lot cheaper. The productivity gains of going autonomous will far, far, far outweigh the, the cost of having these drivers. And eventually it'll be the truck lobby actually lobbying to the government to remove these regulations. And once you get all these parties involved where there's a lot of money on the table, you're going to see the regulations actually flip really quickly. At the beginning, they might say, oh, okay, autonomous vehicles, you're allowed to drive only on the highway 24-7, maybe. And then they'll say, okay, in the city. And then, okay, on the small streets. Like, and within, I don't know, two, three years, you know, you'll see, like, a big wave. That's that's my feeling. Well, while you're, while we're talking about this and not, like, uh, going to the next subject, which which... Which is going to happen? I'm. I'm also thinking. What about the people? What about the drivers mm. that do actually like this job? You know, they're working eight hours, mm. whatever. But this is kind of like their source of uh, income because the way that I, the way that I see it is, there's a finite number of people that went into this job either because they were interested or either they didn't have really a, a choice. But what about the people that do want to stay here mm -hmm. in this job and are? Aren't their jobs going to be kind of like at risk at this point? Just like so, every other every other possible job that's been taken over by yeah, by, by autonomous machines and stuff. So this is like a common um, argument uh, against autonomy, I guess. Uh, but we can just look, um, you know, maybe a hundred years ago, back in the past, where there were lots of horse drivers, horse carriage drivers, and uh, you know, people would have to uh, groom the horses, uh, pick up the from <laughs> pick up the horses. Uh, <laughs> Um, and where did all these jobs go? Uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, people did lose their jobs. They were they had to find other work. They had to be retrained. Um, but in the end of the day, the economic benefits from the new technology creates so much more jobs that and so much more economic growth that there's like plenty of of jobs to go around at the end of the day. And so maybe these truck drivers might become truck mechanics or. They might have to learn, you know, maybe a bit of electromechanical skills, troubleshooting uh, these trucks that break down in the middle of nowhere. They get dispatched and they go, they go maybe uh, figure out what's wrong with it. So you're going to have a smaller workforce that needs to know the trucks. Um, but uh, yeah, a, a lot of them will lose their job. They'll have to be retrained in something else. So listeners, just remember, always keep your skills up to date. Always sharpen always. up. Uh, sharpen up those skills because you never know when you become irrelevant. It's kind of like we we kind of go with this flow that everything's going to be okay if we just chill out once we get our jobs. But, you know, it really it really depends what type of job you have. Right. And then eventually. Exactly. I, I think we'll, this will be a topic for another show. Yeah. But um, but never assume you will not be replaced by uh, artificial intelligence or robotics of some sort, um, even jobs that are traditionally seen as uh, not replaceable uh, doctors. Um, accountants, they will all be, uh, you know, somehow impacted in the next, let's say, five to ten years. And we could talk about that in another show. But I, I do think nobody is safe. Always keep your uh, 
skills up to date, like uh, Hyena said. And, um, and, and, you know, if, if you look back to your, your university days, um, you, you know, we, we were training for things that didn't necessarily exist or were just on the cusp of, of starting. And, and now we're, we're working, uh, you know, in, in these, these kind of new fields. So, so uh, you know, you, you can't always prepare the workforce. You just have to prepare them generally. They need to be able to maintain their skills. And, uh, you know, I think, I think there's more than enough work to go around. There's always more, more than enough work to go around. It all depends on the person and the willingness to continue. So really, you know, you can't be bitching about, like, not getting an opportunity, really. <laughs> and you're going to notice we, we do swear from time to time. I'm just, I'm just one of those people that go with the no-filter kind of thing. But uh, all to say is just that opportunities are always available. Yeah. It's just whether or not you're willing to push yourselves. Of course, it's easier said than done. Um you know that's just that's just how life is unfortunately but you know anyway let's let's just continue but let's yeah but, continue. but let's get back to these trucks because <laughs> yeah. i want to talk about these trucks so yes. so one thing that um, might happen though um in the intermediary stage before full autonomy is that they might um start convoying so you might have one driver or a, group, a team of drivers like in a in the main front cab and you might uh, link together uh all the trucks so that they can all drive 24/7 they have let's say three people in a you know three truck convoy three people just stay in one cab they can drive 24/7 two of them are on break and then uh, when they get to a fork in the road they can all switch into their own proper vehicles and then uh, you know finish the rest of their legs of their journey and that way you can actually have the increased efficiency gain while only in this intermediary step so I think that you might start seeing um, more and more and that might be a very palpable um, kind of uh, switch and you know that doesn't need that much regulation because you'll say oh yeah we're 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 driving it with a person it's just that they're all kind of daisy chained together wirelessly so um yeah you might i think you might see something like that happen uh, in the next couple of years uh but are we talking about like the how do you say like just uh, average Joe right now or, or sorry it's just because it's the trucks yeah it's, it's the trucks, trucks. Yeah. okay so it's it's really the trucks okay yeah, yeah that kind of that kind of makes sense that gets that gets daisy chain yeah. but what about for people what about like mm -hmm. let's say let's talk let's let's talk about like you know with with the autonomous with the autonomous uh, cars coming in um, I mean we we can we can for sure say that like. Uh, what's going to happen to uh, taxi drivers? What's going to mm -hmm. happen to Uber drivers? Yeah, yeah. So um, they will definitely be displaced, uh, same way as the truck drivers, um, Uber drivers, and, uh, and and all these people uh, will be out of a job, unfortunately. Um, which well, I mean, you could maybe argue that it's a slightly good thing because uh, I know they're not known for having the best uh, work ethics, and like the um, yeah. the company itself is not known for having the best ethics, so. Um, you know, you're, you're being, you're going to be creating new jobs though. On the other hand, uh, for example, um, these AV, these AV taxis, let's just call them, mm -hmm. um, will need to be cleaned by somebody and maintained by somebody. They're going to be driving way more miles. They're going to be driving 24 seven. So they're going to be putting on, you know, hundred K kilometers a year, 200 K kilometers a year. They're going to have to be maintained like every two weeks or something like that. So you might actually see an increase in the need of mechanics, for example. So maybe it might be uh, 
you know, maybe train some of these Uber drivers to be some sort of mechanic or maybe cleaning services for the inside of the, of the vehicles because, you know, there's going to be uh, 500 passengers a day in each car. It's going to get really dirty really fast. You might even have to clean it every hour, for example. Yeah. And, and there's nobody supervising them, right? So people are going to be throwing their, their garbage everywhere. And, um, yeah, you yeah. might, you might uh, need to be cleaning much more often. Um, but, you know. but so the thing is, is that with that happening, I'm guessing that, you know, like, like we were talking about or what we'd written, just like gas stations, they're going to become vacant properties. But I'm guessing that these gas stations are going to just so, transform themselves into like a recharging depots, hmm. cleaning stations. And that's, all that yeah, that's a, that's a good point. But that's, I guess the, the gas station part is more with the switch to EVs. Okay. Now, um, uh, so yeah, so well, it's kind of twofold, right? So mm -hmm. with the switch to EVs, um, you'll be able to charge kind of anywhere, right? You can charge at your house. You could. Uh, what will probably happen is there'll be like some sort of centralized, you know, you know how there's like a bus depot or a train depot that they maintain the trains overnight. Yeah, exactly. Like because the, the AV can now drive. Oh, it knows it needs to be maintained. It needs to be cleaned because it has like a camera suite inside the car. It can drive itself to get cleaned. It can drive itself because it knows it's low charge. Mm -hmm. drives itself to these depots where there's massive amounts of energy, right? Yeah. You know, you can have 30 megawatts, 40 megawatts charging a thousand cars at once. Um, so what'll happen is all these, well, what I think will happen <laughs> is that, uh, is that all these gas stations are, they're basically like vacant, useless land at this point. Um, even, even now you can, you can make a case that there's a lot of concrete and for very little, um, profit and, 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 uh, use yeah. and value to be honest uh, they're usually you know these these, um, these gas stations are normally in the most sought after areas at the corners of the busiest intersections these are very very valuable real estate the actual uh, f you know fuel depot the, the tank underground like it's it's maybe like a million dollars like the entire well, you know don't quote me I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a fuel <laughs> depot engineer we're, we're construction not, we're not, yeah, we're <laughs> construction not, we're not expert but yeah. you know um, I, I can probably estimate that the, the entire, you know, the little building, uh, the, the, the small amount of food inside, the, the fuel, maybe there's $100,000, $200,000 of fuel, and uh, the tank underground and some pumps, it's maybe maybe a million to $2 million. Okay. Um, but the land itself that it's, worth, it's sitting on is probably just as expensive, or if not more, depending on obviously which city you're in and, and where exactly it's located in the city. So this is very, very low return on investment on capital um, exactly but but what are they what's going to happen to them then what so yeah so i mean there's it, either it'll become some sort of um i don't know some like uh condos guys yeah, it's going it to be condos, condos be honest, let's not kid ourselves <laughs> it's going to be basically like mixed use stuff they're going to have uh, some sort of commercial on the ground floor and then condos on the top floor because yeah. it's in the best location right so you can walk to anything um, and they'll probably keep the um, gas station, like the, the convenience store portion, maybe have a small convenience store because it, it does get used a bit. But um, all in all, yeah, I think it'll be, it'll be condos. condos. It's going to be, it's going to be, mixed. especially, especially yeah. with the use of work, the work from home. Uh, there's less and less need for people to travel. I do think there'll be in the topic in another episode. Yeah. Um, the work from home phenomenon, it's probably here to stay yeah. um, in the vast majority of cases. And, um, and yeah, so it's, it's going to be, people are going to be staying home a lot more. But so let's see. So 
we can we can for sure agree that like these gas stations they're going to become vacant they could possibly become like assets or places places uh a place where uh people are going to stay it's going to become buildings residential building buildings that's what i was looking for so they, they're most likely going to become residential buildings or they're going to become i don't know uh like a depot for cars really really it's just going to be free land the way that we see it because the the age of oil petroleum it's kind of it's gonna go to an end at least in at least in the developing not in the developing but in the developed world like the first world uh, first world but yeah i saw like a statistic I don't, I don't know if this was true or not i was just you know browsing some some stuff and i think plastic use only uh, accounts for i think five percent of all petroleum use and okay. then maybe you know another five percent for pharmaceuticals and stuff like that so the vast, vast, vast majority of oil is um, consumed by vehicles um, and, and energy. So if, if we're going to assume that both of those are going green, which I think is the case, then um, the value of oil is, is basically going to plummet. Um, but, but, the, but now we're kind of like looking at this in like the first, first world. What about the third world you know well because yeah that's a, this is another topic but um, <laughs> i will put my opinion here um so yeah um uh solar panels and wind uh, power is on a declining cost curve that um basically you see it uh reduce in price by around 30 percent every year and i think it was only maybe a few years ago maybe 2019 or something like that where solar po power is now equivalent in cost to coal so, um, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, viewers. <laughs> I have no sources for this right now, but uh, I'm pretty sure that's what I read. And um, so actually, uh, starting you know two years ago, it's actually cheaper to make solar farms and wind farms than it is to make new coal. And so you're basically a fool. Uh, the economics are not, are not with you if They're you're making coal basically. power plants. Yeah. It's cheaper to just, and it's getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper as more and more uh, production ramps up there's more new processes that are found um you know when i was in university they were talking about like selenium ger germanium um solar panels and uh this new technology and nowadays it's like that, this was you know years ago and uh nowadays it's like commonplace and uh and there's even newer technology that's even cheaper and uh and yeah so i i don't think fossil fuels are here to stay i think it's a really bad bet to be um, having any stock uh, in uh, Esso or uh, any of these gas station companies, um, they, they, even them, you're seeing them now, they have green energy departments. That's their newest. Uh, I have a few friends that work in the green energy department. Okay. So, uh, and they're, they're dumping billions. Like they're going to tell you otherwise in the media because they want to uh, pump the profits as long as profitable as, as possible mm -hmm. uh, to just drag in those profits that are basically free. They're making tons on these margins. But uh, at the end of the day, they're putting the most money and resources into their EV department. Right. And I don't know if they'll be able to leverage uh, their assets that they currently have in a successful way. So it's really a top toppling dynamo, like a uh, domino effect right now. So it's just like slowly. Yeah, you're, you're actually seeing it happen yeah. um, where the less profitable uh, gas stations are actually starting to close already. It's true. Um, yeah. So you actually see it happen. So, um, so if this is just the, this is just the beginning. This is the beginning of the S curve, and you're gonna see. Let's say in the next three four years, once EVs are 
the majority of the, the market share or the majority of new vehicles purchased, you're going to see an exponential decline in the gas and the usage of gas. So, and yeah, that so let's just like from EV, let's just go back to yeah, autonomous let's go back, vehicles. exactly <laughs> because it's just like this is this is the thing that's gonna happen. We're gonna we're gonna have to always keep our keep our heads like on track with like what we're gonna be also talking about because it seems it seems that just the topics itself it's it's gonna merit quite a lot of discussion and we're hoping that in the future we're gonna have other people join us so we could hear their opinions as well and then we can kind of like keep this keep a debate going on. Um, sometimes I'm just out of words. I just kind of like, uh, listen to Fox over here talk and I'm just like, yeah, that's true. That's cool also. But then I just want to like hit him up with some questions. So one of the things that I, I like to also know, uh, also try and figure out is, you know, with the introduction of AVs, less cars are going to be sold, but then with less cars being sold and we're talking about ICs, we're talking about internal combustion engines. With them with them being less less and less sold, like what's going to happen what's going to happen to um let's I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out I'm trying to figure out what what I wanted to say. I'm just wondering um like well let's let's be clear that yeah. um it's not just ICE cars, right? So if you're autonomous you can drive twenty four seven. So for example you can have this Uber kind of autonomous vehicle service where it picks you up and just brings you where you need to go with an app and um, you don't need a car at all, right? It's going to be just companies that, that own the cars and since it's driving 24-7, you can have a lot less cars on the road because you can just be picked up at will and then the car can just go do something else while you're at work and then it can come pick you up when you're done. So, so you're trying to say that cars are not going to be owned by the general public? I would say in the vast majority of cases, it will be less economic. Uh, well, it will be less economic to own your car, and thus the vast majority of people will not own a car anymore because it's it will be only for rich people. But now, but now, think about it this way, Fox. Like while you're while you're explaining this, another question comes to my head. So that means that people will not own these cars. They're going to be owned by by the government. Let's say. Uh, let's say. Well, it'll be. A, I think it'll be um, a company okay. uh, that will be based in the the country. Uh, of your your purchasing because there'll there'll be too many cybersecurity risks which we could talk about later. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So, so for example, if there's less cars sold, these companies will need to increase the price of each car sold to recoup their profits. They they will not let their profit margins fall. So you're gonna see maybe these cars go for you know ten. Uh, well, let's say let's say you you use the, your car on an average. I think it's the, the statistics one to two hours a day. Yeah. So you can expect to pay around 12 times, 10 to 12 times the amount for a, car, a typical car in the future. So uh, let's say, because there'll be 10 times less cars on the road. Yep. So let's say you're going you're gonna to pay $300,000 for a car, which is like having a house. Um, it, will, it won't make sense for the vast majority of people to pay $300,000 for a car. Uh, people just don't have that type of money. So, um, so yeah, in, in the vast majority of cases, it might be companies who uh, provide this Uber or Lyft service who own all these cars. It's like a fleet that you can just subscribe to and you can use it as you want. Um, and it'll be very simple. But see, the thing, thing about that, once again, is that because companies are going to own these cars, 
people are going to kind of be like, well, what about the privacy behind this? Like, let's mm-hmm. say I want to drive to some random, random location. You can or do let's, it. Or let's say, let's say it's drug dealers. Like, you know, <laughs> you know let's just, let's just, let's just throw well, that I think, out I think, of the air. I think drug dealers yeah. will, um, well, this is an interesting one, actually. Yeah. I've never thought of this, but what I would assume would happen was, would be they would have their own, let's say, um, mini drone delivery service or something like that that's autonomous <laughs> that uh, just flies from place to place honestly yeah like i don't know or they could you know they could just put the the drugs in the car and then send it on its way and um you know you can deliver packages i guess like that with the with the car uh, you could put like your briefcase into the car it just drives itself to the location and you get picked up yeah. by somebody um, but i mean that's that's the thing there's there's a lot but of I, I, i'm assuming you know. if you're a drug dealer if you're listening uh um, you don't want to be in a, an AV that has sensors everywhere and knows the passengers and it's linked to your credit card. And, uh, you know, uh, I think there's just better ways to do it, to be honest. <laughs> well, that's it. That's it. That's what I'm thinking because it's just like, you know, these people, they're, it's like they're, they're, their bread and butter is, is the products that they're selling. So they're going to be right now at the mercy of some company car that's going to be controlling the stuff. So they're going to be tracked. And I also think in the in the long term, all drugs will be legalized, and that could be a topic in another discussion. Yeah, that's that's going to be a hot debated topic. That that I'd like to hear uh, one of our guests come in, and then you know, let's just let's just figure out what they what they think. But um, all right, let's just move on from there. I but mean, yeah. so let's say let's say um, so yeah, so no nobody will own their cars unless it's you're super rich and. You have a reason to own a car, like like the same way someone owns a private jet, right? Like it's much more economical for you to buy an economy class ticket, you know, for a few hundred bucks. The average person has access, like you know, back in the day, flying used to only be for the super rich, right? Yeah. And now it's very affordable. Almost everyone flies. Everyone has a passport. Um, so so it's gonna be like that, right? Uh, where the vast majority of people don't own the plane. <laughs> yeah. They just use it, and they pay to a big company that owns the assets. Um, it'll be much cheaper and it'll open a lot of possibilities for people. For example, if you don't have a car, uh, you don't need to park it anywhere. So that, imagine you have a house and you have a garage typically, or a driveway. So you don't need either of those things anymore. You don't need to, uh, it's going to be a lot cheaper. It's not, it's not just you're, you're having, you don't have to pay for the gas and you don't have to pay for the car and you're paying some company, the subscription service and you're losing out. No, you're actually gaining a room in your house your garage can be converted into something else it could be a workshop it could be another room um, and the driveway you don't need to maintain a driveway anymore you can just have grass or or whatever um, you don't need uh, to maintain it you don't need to repave it every few years you don't need to clear the snow uh, it's going to be a lot lot cheaper so you're talking about a lot of pros but see and and all of that is enticing. Like, don't yeah. don't get me wrong. The con, the con is definitely that they have your information. They know yeah. where you're driving. They have cameras in the car probably to make sure it's not damaged and destroyed the car. And they see what you're doing. So you have less privacy. Um, so, but, I mean, you have a walking uh, phone uh, that spies on you in your pocket all day long. So I think in, in the long term, people will accept this. This is my feeling. They already accept being spied on by, by Alexa and all their other stuff at their home and if you don't and if you don't agree with us like at least chime in we, we want to hear from you yeah exactly exactly because i'm telling you most of our stuff is already tracked it's just kind of like it's not it's not really no nobody uh, you yeah. know I, i've seen these big tech companies and nobody has time to go through your stuff nobody cares unless they have a reason to care and there's like a warrant from the fbi 
there's just you know the, the amount of petabytes of data that they like create in a single day nobody has time to go through your stuff <laughs> like, you're not nobody, that important you're not that important trust okay. me okay just just remember that just yeah. get get that out of your head you're not that important <laughs> nobody really cares about you but yeah. we do <laughs> we, we, we love you guys <laughs> we love you we love you awesome. all right but um yeah like aside aside from that so, yeah so you, if you don't own the car you don't need to maintain it you yeah. don't need to go get your tires changed if you're in an area that needs uh, winter tires um you don't need to yeah you don't need to fill it with uh, windshield wiper fluid it's not your problem you don't need to fill it with gas you don't need to charge the car you, you have nothing but now but now let's talk about avail availability mm. so, so yeah the fleet will have to be um a bit larger than it would normally need to be just to um, handle peak peak surge right yeah. so if you travel uh, to work at the peak unfortunately for you you might have to pay a bit more fortunately for you it will likely still be cheaper than owning a car that's the thing because people have to see the long-term effects and this is this is the problem not a lot of people really think about the long term but they think about the short term so this i still think that this is going to cause a lot of issues because what i'm thinking is it's finding good that we're gonna have like an increased space in our in our area in our in our homes but the availability of the car, this is going to be an issue because the way that I see it is, okay, so companies companies are going to own this car. We don't need to own this car. We could just call it as a, a, a ride service, just like Uber. We just like put it on our phone, car comes. But then what happens if there's a lot of people that need a car? So this is going to become a carpooling service. So that means that you're not technically going to be alone in the car. You are technically going to end up being with a bunch of people and the reason why it's that you want to avoid well the algorithm is going to try and avoid uh traffic in general so there's going to be less cars meaning that you're going to get to a to a to b pretty fast but guess what you're going to be with other people so what about that well i think yes um that will ultimately be one of the options just like it is with uber and lyft now you can choose to carpool and you can pay a lower rate um, it'll be the same thing. You can choose for the private service at a slightly higher rate uh, if you don't want to carpool with other people. So yes, that'll happen. It'll be a choice, and um, you can pay for it. And yeah, like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stick another topic out there, but we're gonna try and remember about this. What about the car fanatics? You oh know, yeah, so yeah. I mean, that's a pretty expensive hobby. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, I know I know a lot of people who had a lot of uh, a lot of car. Uh, uh, parts and uh, enthusiasts and it was very expensive for them so it will still be expensive um, I, I would assume what would happen is that uh, they'll eventually ban um, autonomous uh, non-autonomous vehicles from the road because they'll deem it too uh, dangerous and they'll just be allowed on tracks so you like, like if you go go-karting or something you can maybe bring your or you know boating like you, you hitch your car onto a hitch a trailer yeah, exactly. you bring it to the uh, track you can drive it there and you put it back and I just feel like you know it'll be very niche very yeah. expensive uh, maybe the tracks will have some cars you could rent I think they, they do already I, um, I think there's gonna be quite a lot of pushback on this it's not going to be easily taken uh, by quite a lot of mm. car fanatics I think so. I think you, yes yes fanatics yeah but I think the vast majority of people simply don't care there's a lot of people you're underestimating there's yeah. all the soccer moms the old people the young people that don't have their license yet the students 
um, the people that live downtown that don't have a place to go, you know, the parking spots these days, they're like eighty to $100,000 for a parking spot downtown. It's, uh, it's insane. Um, so there's a lot of people and people that don't want to drive to work in the traffic, uh, they're, they're fed up. There's going to be a, way more people that don't care and they just want to get from point A to point B um, than the, you know, 1% that uh, want to drive a car. <laughs> but then, okay, so, so now, now what I'm thinking is that these cars are going to drive you from point A to point B. So that means they're not going to be parked. So that means that the areas where, like, you know, the sidewalks that used to have cars, like, kind of anchored, mm-hmm. they're not... Yeah, yeah that's, so that's another benefit, right? To, so urban planning will, will change completely. Um, you do not need par- uh, minimum parking zoning, uh, parking spaces. Parking regulations will need to change. When you build a condo or a house, you don't need the driveway, you don't need the parking lot, the basement becomes a usable space. Um, you don't need to dig down 10 floors, which is a very... That's one of the largest costs of building a tower is, is the, 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 the excavation costs, you know, in, in the tens and 20 millions of okay, dollars. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. So imagine, like, condo prices will plummet because, you know, half the building is, is basically, half the cost is not there anymore. Um, well, not half, but, you know, a substantial portion. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, the uh, streets can be widened or they can take it back into green space or bicycling space, bike lanes. Um, however, uh, it will be a loss of revenue for the city itself who makes tons of money off of off of parking spots and parking tickets and t- ticketing people that's a big cash grab to be honest <laughs> um, right. so they might what they might do is maybe increase the fees uh, at the uh, DMV um, so to yeah, get your license yeah exactly right but well they'll also say oh it's really dangerous to be driving yourself so if you want a license you're gonna pay pay a lot you might you know it might be you know ten thousand dollars for a license or something like that something yeah, crazy something like that yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so you might see that happen. They'll find other ways uh, to, to, to get your money, I'm sure. Um, it's, going to, it's going to come down to the fees for those autonomous vehicles mm-hmm. because the thing is, is that the lack, the lack of carts that are, going to be, that are going to be parked there, the lack of fines that you're going to get, they're going to get converted into something else. So the thing well, what is... What you, might, that, see, you yeah. might, might see actually though is that um, if the, zone, the planning uh, department changes, you might see okay, well, everything's autonomous. We don't actually need lights anymore, like uh, traffic lights. We don't need street, oh, maybe minimal street lights. Um, we need uh, less road signs and, and signage because now the vehicles can navigate themselves. They could talk to one another. They could do everything autonomously. Right now, the system's based on vision. So, you know, we might be, this might be in 10, 15, 20 years uh, when all the cars are off the road but you might see the city actually save tons of money on not having to maintain signage not needing this planning department that's so large uh, not needing to fix all these lights that always go like out and and all the control systems that go with these lights there's under underground there's there's tons of cabling underground under the streets that that you know um, need to be maintained and and uh, serve all these in this infrastructure that you take for granted really yeah um, right. so all of these are cost reduction so you might see um, some costs recouped uh, just because of that. Uh, the autonomous vehicles don't need uh, signage that say, oh, this way to uh, I-95 interstate because they know they have Google Maps like on, the, on their... Exactly, on their, yeah. So they don't need, they don't need uh, directions on the road. So basically, um, basically, you're going to have roads with no signage, no possible possibility of lights because 
I mean, maybe maybe a light here and there to kind of create some sort of checkpoint for cars to come. It'll be stop. lights, I think, just for pedestrians, to be pedestrians, honest. It'll yeah. be because, it, like, um, there's a, a big safety consideration when there, when areas, this is urban planning, uh, when areas are well lit, uh, crime rate substantially decreases. So that's why you see um, a big push to redo lighting in cities, especially with LEDs that save also energy. Right. Um, there's a big push uh, in urban design to redo lighting, and they find that it substantially reduces the um, crime rate in that area, which is off topic, but that is a fact. <laughs> so, you know, we're let's let's talk about... Let's see. So we talked about like you know no need for the DMV slash um, slash driving lessons and stuff. So let's say insurance. So yeah, that because that kind of goes together, right? True, true, true. So true, true. you might see. Uh, I I would not bet on insurance companies, uh, especially ones that insure cars, uh, because basically there will be very few crashes. Basically, um, so I think their their profit margins will will substantially decrease. Unless they'll convert it to corporate rates and then the corporations will pay tons of money and uh, because, you know, why not? They have the money to do so. But, uh, but I think um, there's going to be a reduction in insurance rates in the short term and then even almost an elimination uh, at one point. It'll be lumped in with some corporate insurance rate that they just kind of take care of and you, you, you don't have to pay that yourself. You might or you might not. Maybe maybe that's going to come as a fee for uh, renting these autonomous vehicles. And once again, it's just like it's not going to be a one time fee. It could be anything, really. It could be a monthly loan. It could be a yearly kind of a license that you need to buy. So when you're doing this, it's maybe what's going to happen is you're going to still pay what you would pay for a car. But in terms of licensing fees for for such for such vehicle, who knows, really? Yeah, I think yeah, like like I said, it's it'll be substantially lower to um, to uh, you know use the service than to own the car. So owning cars now uh, are very expensive. I think what it's a typically twenty five to thirty percent of a person's um, uh, take home income. It goes uh, towards their income. yeah yearly income goes towards their vehicle. So imagine if you can get that down to ten percent, how much but, money that frees up. But now, well, what I'm thinking is, is that is that really going to like? Are you really going to end up? paying less now because what happens if companies start like just taking advantage and just like filling up that uh that gap that mm -hmm. so let's say let's say it is let's say it is about 30 percent of uh, a person's yearly uh, income or mm -hmm. let's say monthly income goes into uh their vehicle so let's say that now they're not going to own their vehicle but rather it's going to be a vehicle coming from uh another company maybe we're gonna reduce that uh 30 percent to 10 percent but what happens if those companies end up filling up that gap? They, what happens if it doesn't change now? Now it's more like you don't have a vehicle, but rather your vehicle mm -hmm. is technically owned by a company, but you're still paying the same same amount. Yeah. Like what kind of guarantee? So can I would you say save? that the math still I think is in your favor at that point because cars are depreciating assets. So uh, even if you're at thirty percent, well the same let's say the same cost, but your asset. You don't well, because it's depreciating, right? It's, yeah. That, that is an interesting point. Um, if it was, let's say, for housing, I would argue, yeah, you're right. It doesn't make sense anymore because it's an appreciating asset. Mm -hmm. the cars in general are depreciating, so not having the assets actually not a financial, like less of a financial liability, right? Yeah. So. But that's that's it. That's why that's what I was just thinking about because it's kind of like 
okay, now you don't own the asset, but you're but still paying the same amount. Yeah, I think I think in general though it will it will decrease just because like the usage rate of the asset is much substantially higher, right? Yeah. So even if even if they say, oh, we're um, you know, we're gonna assume you drive five hours a day and you only really drive one hour a day and we're gonna charge you for that. Technically, you were paying te- like for twenty four hours a day and it wasn't being used, right? Right. Well, so, anyway. Anyway, but but let's let's go back to that point of uh, depreciating asset versus appreciating asset. I guess that's not called an asset if it's depreciating, but <laughs> a depreciating liability. I don't know. Um, but uh, eventually, these cars that'll be three hundred thousand dollars. It's like owning a house because you can now rent it out, right? If you could be a small business owner, maybe that uh, rents out. Uh, your car and you make a profit off of it and you charge these people to use your car so it's actually becomes you're transforming this depreciating asset to an appreciating asset and it's making money for you so you might see a lot of like boutique small business owners come and uh, you know they have a small fleet of five to ten cars and they just lease them out all day and they have to manage it themselves they have to clean it you know they're cleaning the car themselves they're doing all the little maintenance themselves it's a small mom and pop uh, pop shop but uh maybe something like that might happen well i mean yeah there's just quite a lot of things that can or may happen i mean once again we really can't like we don't know what's oh i mean we can we can make some good assumptions, assumptions based off yeah. of probability and best judgment and uh and yeah i mean uh so there's lots of lots of things so let's uh let's talk about um the safety aspect of av so um I think it'll really catch on when AVs are 10 times safer than a traditional car. I think people will be very skeptical. I think probably right now it's as safe as a regular person and people are still skeptical, right? Even if there's one crash, people will freak out. And most most crashes end up happening because it wasn't the autonomous vehicle's fault, but it was a non-autonomous vehicle. It was just oh, yeah. another driver. Because we have to think about it this way. Drivers, people, humans, we do come with a higher percentage of errors than an, a machine that's been fed certain algorithms. So they will stay within their lane. But then drivers, humans as we are, we could become tired when we're driving. We could make errors in our judgment calls. So really, should we blame the AVs for this or should we blame humans? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think a lot of the media these days uh, pushes a narrative where uh, AVs are are inherently dangerous and then they cherry pick a lot of um, stories uh, and then push it to the press in I think 99.999% of those stories it was actually like you said it was actually the human who disengaged the AV or the AV wasn't disengaged uh, wasn't even engaged at all um, and they, they had some sort of crash and it gets blown out of proportion nobody reads uh, further past the headlines and uh, that's where you get this perception that it's uh, less safe. I think right now it's probably on parity with people, uh, regular person driving, and then it'll really catch on when there's you know ten times safer. And then yeah, you know soccer moms and stuff like that will really care about this. Like they, they, it won't make sense for them to drive their kid to school when they can send their kid ten times more safely uh, in a in an AV and be sure that the kid arrives safe. So and that's when it will really catch on. Um, yeah. And actually, on that point of uh, sending kids to school, I think that bus drivers are definitely at risk uh, of losing their jobs. <laughs> there will be no more bus drivers in, uh, I would say, five to ten years, let's say. Really? Okay, yeah. so five to ten years. 
I think it'll actually take a longer time for bus drivers to be eliminated because parents will be skeptical that their kids will be unsupervised um, and it'll be dangerous to be in a, a vehicle alone. But eventually they will catch on a bit after, let's say, buses and, and stuff get uh, automated. Um, I think I think something like that, it's going to take years, years to come. So like, let's say you're saying five to ten years, I'm I'm. I'm gonna go on the long, like I'm gonna go very conservative. I'm thinking like 20, 30 years, and why? Because Oof. yeah, I know, oh, I, know man. I, I know, I <laughs> All know. All right, okay, I'm, explain why. Okay, I'm gonna explain why because like 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 the top like the beginning of our topic, we're we're thinking that this is going to first affect like uh, shipping trucks, delivery trucks, and whatnot. So that's gonna take a bit of time to to catch on, right? Hmm. And eventually, it's gonna come down to uh, the the user, the end user, let's say just just regular avid shows, but I really think that it's gonna take some time before it gets implemented onto like everyday vehicles or not everyday vehicles, sorry, like vehicles transporting kids and mm -hmm. whatnot because that one, it's kind of like I like you said, soccer moms, yeah, they they might be they might be chilled that you know their vehicles are going to be uh, maneuvered by by robots and stuff, but. It's gonna take quite some time for that to catch on because like for a parent to allow a machine to kind of like drive their kids that's gonna take a it's gonna have a lot of pushback and that's why maybe i'm being overly conservative when i'm saying 30 years and this, this is an extreme 30 years hmm. but i'm saying yeah like 20 years something like that i don't know man do you know uh, how expensive it is to send your kid to school in a school bus <laughs> no, but you're gonna tell me. And, uh... <laughs> it's a uh, pretty, pretty well. It depends where you are in the world, but it's pretty expensive. And I think, um, yeah, that's why I said five to ten years. Uh, it'll take a bit longer. I agree, uh, but uh, I think by end of the decade or beginning of the next decade, a majority of children will be sent to school in an AV. Okay. Yep, that's my uh, my take on it. And um, I yeah. mean, I'm not going to I'm not going to argue with that. Like, I would like to, but I, I've been I've been in school buses when I was a kid that got in an accident. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, me too. But I mean, it was exciting. We we were we were quite uh, thrilled when that happened. You know, and you know you know what? Like for us, it's just we drove our bus drivers into a mental breakdown just because it's just like we're hyenas, and hence why I'm hyena. It's just like we used to make animal noises. We used to throw throw stuff at the bus drivers, and look, man. We were like, oh, it's a, it's a hard job. Let me just tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we, we don't know how, what's going to happen. Like, I mean, maybe it's going to even, be um, school hours are based off of dri uh, bus drivers, um, availability. That's why elementary schools uh, typically start earlier. And then those same dr bus drivers go pick up the high school students. Um, and you know, there's always the studies that come out saying, okay, these, you know, high school students should start way later. But the reason they don't is because of this uh, basically bus driver availability. And so if that's solved, you might see, oh, well, for mental health, you know, there's a big push for mental health these days. You might see, oh, well, it makes sense to change the school starting hours because AVs can bring the kids to school at any given time. And it doesn't really matter. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, you know, you might see even from a mental health perspective, a push a push for these these vehicles but back to safety like do you know do you know what what's the mortality rate or uh the percentage of accidents for bus drivers i, I th it's 
it's just because we were talking about statistics, insurance, and stuff. So yeah. It's... So I mean, I mean, I, I do have statistics that in twenty sixteen, uh, thirty seven thousand people approximately died uh, in motor vehicle crashes on the roads in the U S. alone. Okay. So imagine thirty seven thousand people. Let's let's say it's like ten. Let's say ten percent of accidents happen still. So three thousand seven hundred people still die in an autonomous vehicle, but the vast majority, ninety percent, don't. So you're saving, imagine, 30, 34,000 people a year don't die. So, But once again, look, like, it's fine and good putting out the numbers, but we're talking to people. We're talking to people. Yeah, well, I mean, statistically, <laughs> that's why. Statistically, that I think it won't catch on until it's, let's say, 10 to 100 times safer, yeah. which I think it's very close. It'll be, let's say, in the next two years. I think the technology is exponentially getting better, yeah. especially the more miles driven, the more edge cases are caught. The faster the technology gets better, the more edge cases are caught, and it's like a, it's a, it's a, um, cycle of improvement that, that is uh, exponentially grown. So, so so let's say like so let's say go back to the thirty four thousand people just in the U S. right? This is not worldwide. Um, will be saved. Uh, so imagine how much your the society is saving just in hospital bills. Um, you know, uh, doctors can now attend to actually critically ill patients. Um, they could better the resources can be better used in the hospital system and the nursing system um, uh, imagine uh, because there's less accidents you need less law enforcement on the road so you're saving in police costs um, your people that are people that die do not contribute to society anymore so you're actually it's a drag on GDP it's a drag on productivity these people are not obviously working anymore so imagine 34,000 more people are working every year. Um, so imagine all the things that these people produce that were, are being lost just because of these accidents. So uh, if you can argue that, if, if your argument is that AVs will eventually be um, more safe, uh, even even whatever degree you wanted to, um, whatever degree you want to to say, um, it will be it will have an exponentially good impact on society as a whole. And it'll cascade down multiple sectors um, throughout life, basically. Yeah, and I think that I think that that's that's one of the cool things that that are going to happen. The good things that are going to come out of it. But problem is, is that people really have to take a step back and think about that rather than think about like the short term uh, the short term issues. Another thing that I do want to mention about like safety and stuff is motorcycles. Mm. You know, we're talking about we're talking about AV vehicles. What about motorcycles? What about the people that weave in and out of traffic? Like, what's yep. going to happen to them? Are they going to become irrelevant? Will there be AV motorcycles or? Mm -hmm. Um, I up? think I think it might. I mean, there might be some niche player with AV motorcycles. I think it'll be extremely, extremely rare. Um, but yeah, it, I, I don't think it, I don't think it'll catch on. To be honest, because people won't be able to drive it themselves. It's like half the fun. Um, you know, you can say, I think it'll still exist at the tracks, the tracks, like we mentioned earlier. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, people will own motorcycles to go to track racing. Um, but yeah, I, I think, yeah, the, there's not really much of a place for motorcycles in the or, future. Or the thing is, what's going to happen is, uh, and I'm just thinking about this, just thinking out loud. It's just like, there's going to be a track or an area, uh, not a track or an area. Uh, what I'm saying is like highways are going to be split between autonomous and non-autonomous. Um, yeah, it might it might be uh, well, maybe Making not. Making a compromise. Yeah, maybe maybe in the short maybe there'll be some p 
pushes in some cities to do that. Like the way the autonomous vehicles are designed is is designed to avoid you know bad drivers on the road and 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 things like that. So I wouldn't see why you would need to segregate the AVs. The AVs are actually better drivers than the than but the people. The thing is, the thing about the segregation, uh, like I believe, is it's kind of like a a start mm. to kind of show okay, autonomous vehicles are safe, so we're going to reserve one lane just for autonomous vehicles, and then the rest, you know, y'all can just drive whatever you want. And But you're going to see on one side, traffic is going to be faster, and it's going to become much more efficient, whereas on the other side, it's just going to be like, uh, I'm, I'm kind of like stuck. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I know that people are going to be like, well, that's because uh, that side... That side is much more, uh, you know, freer. You're giving more attention to it, but it's not true. You know, mm. you're gonna have to look at the numbers. You're gonna have to look at the quality of life, and this is why I think, like, the deployment of autonomous vehicles, it's gonna take time, but it's gonna start with the segregation. Uh, people are gonna start noticing that, oh wow, things are going faster on this lane, and. They'll be stressed out. And one of the things is I think I think people are going to look at the stress level on people because they're gonna oh, yeah. be they're gonna be checking out, they're gonna be like, wow, people are are way like stress free. They're gonna mm -hmm. start noticing that people are enjoying their commute because really they get to have more productivity. Once again, work work from home or having bring your laptop. You get to work while the car starts moving on its own. You don't have to worry about that. You could be on a phone conversation without having that extra stress that, oh, I'm texting, but, and believe you and me, I know people that still text and drive. So, <laughs> you know, whoever is listening to this and uh, bitching about it, just just know that, you know, there are people just like you that are driving and texting, so, but. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, that's actually so that, yeah, there's so much to say about the, those points. Oh my God. Um, yeah, so your workday might start when you get in that car. Uh, for example, you you might it might be part of your 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 workday is just the commute because it's like uh, you know it's like working. Uh, have you ever taken the train? Yeah. Yeah. People. Uh, a lot of people just work on the train. They're yeah. they're typing away or people that work on flights, yeah. uh, business flights. Um, so it's going to be part of of your workday. You, you're going to be paid to uh, to to come to work. So imagine imagine how much productivity is going to be gained just from that. You can have shorter work days, um, and what you might see is actually people will move farther from the city because now it's a pleasure to drive because you're just kind of chilling. You can uh, have your morning coffee, uh, read the news, uh, play some games, uh, watch some TV, do some work, and then get to work, right? It could be two hours each way. You, you won't mind that much. So people might move back to uh, past the suburbs, you know, past the, to the countryside. Yeah. Um, and so you might see uh, it might be actually a good play to uh, to actually buy a land, rural land. Um, I would say uh, there's going to be there's going to be quite a lot of efficiency. Like thinking about in terms of efficiency, I think this might this might be a bonus because often I hear people that are driving back and forth commuting that it's kind of like oh man, it's such a waste of time. It's like why can't we have like work from home and kind of thing? But in this case kind of like you could just jump into your car you don't have to worry about anything you just have your laptop you get to work get to do your thing it's not that bad and yes there's there are people where in certain sectors where they're kind of like more physical physical based and not really behind the computer yeah that's that's always going to be the case but now you're going to have just one one less 
a thing to worry about, which is the car that you're going to be driving, because now you get to focus on something something else. So, hey, this might actually happen. This might this might actually help out people on the long uh, on the long run. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And uh, yeah, I think I think this is that's one of the will be one of the biggest pushes uh, besides the cost will be the fact that um, it's it's gonna traffic uh, creates a lot of stress, <laughs> and I think it's um, it's one of the biggest contributors to worker um, dissatisfaction with their work is the commute, and I think the average person spends uh, thirty to forty five minutes commuting every day, um, okay. and I think in uh, in some really bad areas like uh, Los Angeles or GTA, you got Toronto, um, it could go up to, I think, an hour, an hour and a half uh, on average, right? So there's people doing an hour and a half each way even, not just an hour and a half in total, like 45 minutes but each way. But we're talking, but once again, this is with traffic, right? We're, yeah, we're with traffic, traffic, right, exactly. So with, with, with the adoption the traffic, of the traffic will actually decrease. Um, yeah, that's it. So, that's exactly. what, so not just the fact that, even if we assume that all vehicles will stay on the road, the same quantity, everyone's going to be working at the same time, the same commute, um, just the fact that a lot of traffic is just due to bad driving habits, people breaking uh, and, and not paying, uh, breaking suddenly, not paying attention to the road, uh, swerving in and out of lanes. I think there's a term for it. It's like ghost, ghost traffic or something like that, where well, you know, you know, yeah. you're driving down the highway and there's like a bunch of traffic, and you get to the end of the traffic and there's nothing there. There's no accident. You're like, what the hell? Why is there? Why is there traffic? Well, the anomaly, the, the anomaly is happening because someone swerved like 30 minutes ago, and it actually created a cascade. And, and, a cascade. And it's and, been there for like 30 like an hour, just yeah. traffic piling it up. up. And this is so, and, and the thing is often traffic usually is caused because someone somewhere has driven just a little bit slow and that mm-hmm. ten kilometers of slowness that they created creates this cascading effect mm-hmm. which creates all this traffic. Really, because think about it this way, you also have red lights, you also have stop signs and stuff, and that ends up multiplying in right. in itself. So. Another another contributor to traffic with the red lights is that um, people don't start and stop at the same time. Um, so it's, it's kind of weird to explain this, but uh, if the traffic light were to turn from red to green and every single person would uh, immediately start accelerating at the exact same rate, you would have no traffic. So what happens in reality is that the first person at the front of the line starts going, then the next person behind him waits and sees he starts going, then he starts going, right? Yeah. And then, so there's like a whole, um, if you look at it from like kind of a workflow perspective, there's like delays built into each start. Yeah. So imagine taking like a, I forget what those those charts are called like a it's like a, a, when you're doing a system programming uh, with the states state um, oh, change a state uh, a state machines uh, yeah, yeah machine state, state uh, change uh, diagram I, I forget what it is but um, there's a weight an inherent weight built into every state change of every vehicle in the entire lane propagation delay yeah propagation delay imagine every single one of those delays is gone because every car can exact know exactly when to start and stop. So that is a huge, huge saving, and a lot of red light traffic will be completely wiped out because of that. Another um, thing uh, that might happen is that the the car is so efficient at driving, you might see like fuel reduction. Um, you'll see less wear and tear on the vehicle because it only needs to start and stop exactly the amount it needs to. Like people, people over brake, people over steer, people uh, over accelerate. Um, so. Uh, you might see that, and what you might also see is eventually they might remove speed limits, um, 
because the the vehicles can operate at like you know 200 kilometers an hour no problem no accidents because it's it's able to process things at like one trillion frames a second or whatever it is yeah, you know whatever it is. <laughs> one thousand <laughs> frames a second and it could calculate every single possibility uh, uh one thousand times a, a second and choose the best trajectory so uh you might you might see speed limits being removed so that'll increase the flow of traffic uh you you might see cars can actually drive closer together because uh they're able to you know react faster so they can actually reduce the space between each car so you'll have cars cl uh, following each other really, really close together. You can squeeze more cars into the same lane. So all of these factors, you'll see traffic substantially decrease. Also accidents such as like, not accidents, but let's say drunk driving and you know, mm -hmm. just like people that are, people that are just, uh, that are, that are intoxicated. They could just jump into a car and it's just gonna and it's just gonna drive this way you don't have to worry about your loved one or your friend or something like that that goes out partying gets drunk and uh gets smashed basically and they need they need a uh, way back home mm -hmm. well they could just like kind of hobble their way into a car just sit there and they're just gonna go home you're going to you're going to reduce traffic Mm -hmm. Like that, let's say it's day drinking or stuff. You shouldn't be day drinking, by the way. But you know, <laughs> you know as life things things happen. But you know, um, we're yeah. gonna reduce we're gonna reduce accidents based on this. People can just jump into cars; they don't have to worry about this. There's going to be less harassment in cars because you know, um, if if I remember correctly, uh, there were allegations in Uber where uh, people were getting sexually assaulted. By these, by these drivers and whatnot. Oh, that's well, a huge problem with you know, yeah. with uh, male drivers and female customers. Pass yeah, 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 passengers and like stuff. especially a lot of uh, women won't take uh, Uber at night because, you know, it's it's sometimes a bit sketchy. Unfortunately, even with the best rated drivers. Um, so now think yeah. about it this way: you just hop onto a vehicle that's manned by autonomy, uh, by yeah. an autonomous vehicle. You don't have mm -hmm. to worry about that. You could actually feel safe you you don't have to worry about these things so that's that's one of the neat yeah. things about and uh traffic traffic is one of the largest drain on the economy I, for, I forget this statistic i can look it up later but it's something like every minute of traffic is like a billion dollars of added gdp or something like something crazy like that um just in terms of productivity and if if you reduce traffic you increase the the, the gains to the economy is enormous and enormous. also and also the quality of roads, because the thing is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Fox, but it's just sometimes I see roads where like the, the <laughs> pavement is just melted and like you could see tire, not tire tracks, but you could see like a, you could see that a vehicle was standing here very long because the amount of weight that they're carrying and because of traffic, they're kind of like sinking certain roads. Mm -hmm. So think about it uh, this way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if we can say that there's going to be maybe more trips because of AVs, because it'd be so convenient, uh, maybe that won't be reduced to be honest i think that's that's a uh, corruption and uh, bad road design and oh, um yeah. yeah i don't know about that i think that that but i mean you could say oh well we can uh, all these uber drivers can maybe now uh, go repair the roads because we're freeing up all this capital so maybe maybe that will be something that happens but yeah i'm i'm thinking that we're starting to reach towards the end of mm. the show i, I just mean... wanted to maybe talk about um uh cyber security Okay, that's. I think that's, that's a big, a big one, and I think our listeners are really gonna appreciate yeah. that one. <laughs> yeah, let's let's wrap it up with that. But yeah. uh, let's go. Let's go. So, so I mean, uh, one of the 
biggest uh, problems that I get, think nobody's really speaking of, because this is all fine and dandy, right? Yeah. Uh, one of the biggest problems is going to be that um, these cars are these these are cars are connected, and yeah. they have no more uh, manual, no driver that could take over yeah. anymore in case anything happens. So, what happens is that cybersecurity and the uh, is it becomes paramount, and it actually becomes maybe a national security issue if these cars can be hacked and who makes these cars and who owns the software rights and where are this software and the servers located it becomes super super important so what you might see is that uh, the department of defense might eventually be involved in designing some or in reviewing the software uh, you might see tons of uh, fail safes built into this if if you know connectivity is lost it just automatically pulls over um, and stops um, so things like that, uh, where, you know, imagine, imagine the worst case scenario is that, um, someone gets access to the code and then pushes an over the air update and, uh, you know, they're a terrorist and they, they say, okay, all cars now take their drivers and slam them into walls and push the air, uh, over the air update and everyone, you know, 10 million people suddenly die. So imagine, imagine that, that would, that would be, uh, crazy, I crazy. Think, I think that's going to be part of the statistic of people that are going to die. Uh, unfortunately, this is something that I, I do want to mention that, you know, w with the statistics that we were talking about just earlier uh, about people dying due to autonomous vehicles, this might be it, hacking. Mm. And the thing and the thing about hacking in general, it's just exploits. People try to learn to overcome this. People will try and use uh, maybe computers, supercomputers, who knows? Our technology is advancing every single day. So thing is, is that there will be points where such a thing will happen and at that and at that point due to these compromises uh not uh, like these network compromises and stuff we will have like such uh, such bodies uh, such government bodies taking over and uh, overlooking this and trying to find ways to make sure that these vehicles stay safe but the fact that they're going to be they're going to stay safe there's going to be a lot of security that's going to be added Videos are going to be taken, footage is going to be taken in the car. So, yeah, privacy is going to become a question, but mm -hmm. that is part of securing such vehicles. So Definitely. But, yeah, that, that could be a new... Uh, if you are an autonomous vehicle cybersecurity expert, you will not run out of work for the next 30 years, I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, so that is definitely a field you want to be in. If you are in school right now, that is going to be an up-and-coming one, very important, and it will be very well-paying. So definitely that's my suggestion on that one. So there you go, Fox is being uh, the the uh, best mentor out here, just uh, giving out some life advice, giving out some education advice. You know, you're going to be making quite a lot of money if you go into cybersecurity. It's always been a thing, and it always will be a thing. So, you know, we're never going to run out of cybersecurity specialists. <laughs> especially in these days and also once again ai like anyone that's going to machine learning anyone anyone that's interested in ai that's going to be the biggest thing so out there with with the with the rise of, with the rise of the machines that we've already stated it's going to be i think what you'll see is that actually um a lot of the av uh specialists like in, in ai ai av yeah. specialists AI or AV. programmers yeah, or whatever sure. you want to call them um once we solve autonomy there'll be much less resources dedicated to it because it's already been solved so there'll be people working on improving it and and things like that but uh, these people will be like redeployed into the next sector of the economy that will be um automated basically and so 
Because a lot of a lot of these um, skills that they're developing, like it's a lot of machine vision, um, neural networks, all these kind of things, they can be applied broadly across so many fields. So you'll see a lot of these people, it'll be they'll just be jumped onto the next thing. So if you're learning now how to make AVs, um, and you know you're expecting to join the workforce in let's say I don't know 10, 10 to fifteen years, assume you probably won't do that anymore. It'll be solved, and it's like a, a passe thing. It'll be done. So you'll you'll actually be training for something that's old. So you want to get into the next thing, and uh, I we'll, think we'll, I think we should talk about this. Like seeing that we're wrapping up, I think we should. And that will definitely be yeah, the yeah. topic of uh, one of the next episodes. So so you know we're like as this is a pilot episode. Uh, we're we're just testing things out. We're gonna see how it goes, and uh, we're gonna figure out what's our next topic. And so, you know, thanks thanks. We, ha we have a big topic list, um, but let us know what you want to hear from us. Uh, we're really open to suggestions. And uh, like you said, uh, it's great that you tuned in. Thank you so much for listening. And this is Fox. And this is Hyena. And we're tuning out. So thank you so much. <laughs>